Well, here we are already, episode six of season four, HFC chat. Let's get right into it. Uh, Hibs review first up. Pre-season, always got to take it with a pinch of salt. You can never read too much into the results. I'll just take you through the lineup um, that came out for pulls that day. So it was Killip in net, Sterry, new signings, Ewan Murray and Alex Lacey, then Fergie at left back, Feathers, Schultz, then Niang, who also was a new signing, Hasty. New signing, Crofts, and then Gray. Um, we had boys on the bench, Burn, Tumulty, Ogle, and a trialist. Before we do carry on, the trialist, as I'm sure lots of you have seen in the media recently, was just well, really helping us out. Um, so if we go back and have a look across the game, I mean, we watched it together, didn't we, Davo? And we thought that, you know, there were bright sparks, but we probably had a, a brighter start and just seemed to burn out, really. I mean... I thought Hasty looked sharp um, on the wing. He, he looked to get his man. He, he did what he could. Crofts, obviously, starting as a number nine. I mean, most people, uh, well, he might claim different after bagging one on there at the weekend, but most people are not going to say that he's a, um, he's a usual number nine. So I think it was a bit of a makeshift 11 in some regards. You know, we, we didn't have the biggest squad going out um, to Portugal, obviously Omar Bogle wasn't there, Marcus Carver wasn't there, but I think as you you know, you know, look back on the game, their goals, I mean, you never like to concede from a, a set piece their header that they scored in the set early in the second half was pretty straightforward you know, he was just able to beat his man put it in the back of the net, but I thought Ewan Murray looked extremely solid, I thought he was um, you know, a, a good leader. He he commanded his area. He he got about the back line. I thought, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him this season. I, I think he'll turn out to be a really good signing. Obviously, was a Kilmarnock captain um, last season that got them promoted from the Scottish Championship. So yeah, there there were positive signs there. I just think we didn't get forward enough. We didn't. I'm not even sure we had a shot um, in the whole in the whole game, to be honest. But you know it. It's the first game of the pre-season. Pre-season is all about fitness. You want to get a positive result, but I wasn't, you know, disheartened coming away from that. I don't know what you thought, Darrell. Um, I was never going into it with huge enthusiasm um, for a couple of reasons. The fact that I was literally, I think after three days of training out there in the Algarve, and the fact that you've said already the, the squad we had going out there was literally, I think... 16, 17 numbers, and you've named a few of the players who obviously weren't on the plane. Um, I don't like to make excuses, but I don't suppose playing in that heat, that humidity would have helped as well. And like you say, I think just take it with a pinch of salt. It was it was 90 minutes in the bank for the players. It was a it was a tough morning for them all. Um, like you say, at times Pearl showed. They showed some good intentions. They were trying to play some good balls out wide to Hasty, who, who looked he looked good. Um, I said to you at the, t- at the time, I didn't think he looked. Well, he's not going to be, but obviously you could tell he wasn't, you know, at full sharpness and stuff like that. But there were some good promising moments for some for some of the players. And by the end of the game, it was just it was just too much. Obviously, Hibernians, Hibernian, obviously pressing high off the front foot, obviously. And I think for larger parts of the second half, it was just Poles stopping behind the ball, just trying to do wherever they could. But like I say, at the end of the game, 2-0 wasn't a bad scoreline in the end. I think we suffered some injuries as well. I mean, Croft's going off early on. 
Um, you got Sturry. He went 100%. off. Um, I think you know Murray pulled up later on. Um, obviously it was towards the end of the game, and he, he managed to get through it. But yeah, as you say, a squad that was depleted in numbers. I think Hartley would have ideally had more out there. Um, if he could have done. Um, a few injuries and and you just move on to the next one. You know, it's fitness, it's against a good side, um, which I think is always important. And then, of course, the news and rumours are circulating as ever. You know, fans are questioning where's so-and-so, where's so-and-so. Carver was missing out through illness, but then rumours soon start to gather pace and momentum about um, Omar Bogle leaving the club. Um, and then rumours later on on the Tuesday that he was he was going to be heading off to uh, Newport County. There was uh, talks going on there. And I'll just quickly read the statement before we discuss our thoughts on Bogle. Um, suppose put that you can de- today confirm the departure of Omar Bogle, the forward leaving for an undisclosed feat in Newport County. He made 22 appearances for the club, scoring five goals after signing in January. Paul Hartley added, everyone at Hartlepool United would like to wish Omar all the best. We'd also like to thank him for his service to the club over the last six months. Now, I don't normally disagree with you as much on certain <laughs> topics regarding Hartlepool United, but I think this really tested our friendship, this whole Omar Bogle debacle. Um, look, I think I've probably made me feelings clear um, in tweets, in conversations with people. They know exactly what I think of Omar, I thought. And everyone, as we always say, is entitled to their own opinion. I think that can very easily and quickly get lost um, in the world of social media. Um, You know, a lot of people get shot down for having certain views when someone doesn't agree with them, but then some people are going to agree with you. And um, that's what football is all about. As I said in a personal tweet on my account, but yeah, for me, Omar, I just thought he was a player that thought he was perhaps too big for the club. I think he was quite arrogant. He he had a poor attitude. I mean, I back that up in terms of off the pitch, the amount of, you know, we've heard things about him not, you know, being made to travel to Newport on his own because he missed the team bus. Um, we've seen him on numerous occasions coming in to the car park um, on a match day at like 10 past two, um, which I think is is really, really poor. And I, I know Paul Hartley wouldn't stand for that. Um, and yeah, I just thought he was lazy on the pitch as well. And I know, Davo, you'll come at the argument that the team, the whole team dropped off after March. However, if you're what meant to be one of these big signers, we've signed him on a two and a half year deal. At the end of the day, you've got to be putting it in everything, even if your teammates aren't. You can't pin that excuse that, oh, well, my teammates aren't playing, so I'm not going to bother because that makes it even worse. Um, so for me, I, I just thought, you know, he didn't really jump to win his flick-ons either. I thought he wasn't running for the ball to try and win the ball back, etc. You know, I'm not going to ramble on that. I, I'm not disappointed to see him leave I know a lot of people will, will disagree with me and if you do that's absolutely fine that's what it's all about as I've said but yeah for me Omar Bogle I think it's good that we've managed to cash in there'll be hopefully a good amount of money involved with it being obviously two years left on his contract and then having to pay for him as a player as well hopefully we manage to get some money and if he doesn't want to be at the club then great no one's bigger than the club and I'm personally not bothered that he's moved on Davo take it away it's quite funny, actually, because usually I absolutely love Twitter. But that week where you were over in the North East, I've never been as stressed on Twitter 
<laughs> running out of characters, deleting tweets, and then honestly, I've never full on meltdown. Um, obviously, you know my personal feelings on the whole matter. Um, I agree with some of the the things you've said. Fundamentally, there is no one bigger than the football club, and at the end of the day, we don't know the ins and outs of why this departure has occurred. If Omar, in his wisdom, decided, right, I don't want to be a Hyper Knight anymore, that's fine. You know, do what you've got to do. Secure a deal and leave the football club. I mean, the last thing you want, from our point of view, is someone bringing toxicity to the changing room and, you know, just changing the whole mentality and stuff. Obviously, On a big wage as well. On a big so wage. So we've heard, obviously, yeah, 100%. Obviously, it's it goes about saying there's a lot of rumours that he was a, a big wage earner at the football club. Um, obviously, I also tweeted, obviously, with opposing views, I thought it was fairly disappointing to lose Omar. Um, I think beneath it all, and before people start saying, I'm, I'm fully aware of his record. I know if you look on or look on Wikipedia, obviously, it's it's evident that he's never stuck down at a football club. He's had he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. Um <laughs> But I think one of the most frustrating things is to is to be kind of losing players to fellow League Two rival clubs. Mm-hmm. I think within that first month when he joined, I think we saw what ability he had. In my opinion, I think he knew where the goal was. I think Harrogate away. I mean, the hold-up play, the, the way he shielded the ball off, passed it out of Ferguson, who who smashed it in to give us the lead at the time. I think Omar was, in my opinion, a talented footballer who knew where the goal was. And I had pretty high hopes that he could have come good for us this uh, this up, up, up and coming campaign. But like I say, I've said what I've had to say on Twitter. I've said what I've said to you on the podcast, off the podcast. And I think for now, I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm just going to put my trust and my faith in Paul Hartley in the football club and back this this project and what's going on at the moment. Yeah, completely. There are a couple of things that I do agree with you on, you know, the whole thing about losing, as you would say, a big player. He, However you look at it, he is one of the bigger players, whether you like him or not. You know, as I've said, I wasn't his biggest fan, but he was a big player. He was brought in in January as the big signing. Um, so I agree with you on that. I agree with you that we did see glimpses. I think that's probably what's frustrated me the most and probably pushed me towards a side of not being a fan is that we've seen so many glimpses of what he could do, but it was never consistent. It never seemed to be, um, you know, in line with the effort of some other players. But I think one person that's left the club that I'm really disappointed about um, is Neil Byrne. Again, I'll just read the statement here. Hartlepool United can today confirm the departure of Neil Byrne. Defender joins Tranmere Rovers for an undisclosed fee. Byrne joins a club, joined a club last year, joined for an undisclosed fee from Halifax Town and went on to make 51 appearances in all competitions last term, scoring that huge goal. Pills didn't put this in the statement, by the way. That huge goal in Europe at Newport, which gave us the win and Jack Anderson uh, a nice little payout. Um, but Paul Hartley also added, everyone at the club would like to thank Neil for his service over last year. After a few conversations with him, he expressed a desire to be close to home and we wish him all the best. Now, I remember being at Tranmere away 
and I know Bailey will remember this. Um, me and him were stood there talking about Bernard and we loved him defensively, but every time he seemed to go forward, he was giving the ball away and losing it. And that's not what you want to see. You just kind of think, just do your job at the back um, at, at least. And, you know, he, he completely grew on me and he grew on a lot of Pulse fans. Um, you know, he, he was so commanding at the back. He showed leadership um, he read the game really well. He won his head as it, and he started to improve in fairness to him moving forward as well. Um, you know, we've lost Gary Little. We've lost Timmy Odessina. Okay, we've replaced him with Ewan Murray and Alex Lacey. And, and we haven't seen enough of Lacey yet. Um, well, Murray either. I mean, we, we're all saying that Murray looked unbelievable. And I'm, I'm sure he is a good player, but we don't know enough about them yet. So... Neil Byrne, for me, had to be one that we kept. I mean, I wish him well, completely. Um, understanding, understanding that it's, you know, as he said in the media, it's to do with it whole wanting to move home, uh, closer to home. I think he mentioned his partner, who's just got engaged to, um, is from that area and their whole family support Tranmere. So if that is to be the case, you, you know, I fully, fully back that and understand that. Um, my only question to that would be, you've signed a two-year deal at a club. Now, I know you want security, which you would, um, but if you've signed a two-year deal, you'd like to think that perhaps, um, you know, he is committed to that. But look, I'm not going to question his motives. If Neil is leaving, um, you know, for, for those reasons, then completely and utterly understand. It's just disappointing to lose such a fantastic player and, um, you know, someone who brought a lot to the team in terms of both his football and his leadership quality. Um, so, yeah, that that was probably the most disappointing bit of news um, out of the club in recent times. Dava, I think we were pretty aligned on that one, weren't we? 100%. Um, absolutely gutted to, to see Burnley leave the football club. Um, obviously, he had his reasons. And like you said, you know, I'm not going to, question that um, and I probably believe some of it but I also believe that that's not just the case mm. and I'm not going to get into the whole politics of it on this podcast but people probably know what I'm trying to get at um, but yeah he, he's had a fantastic campaign his debut season the EFL couldn't have went any better for me um, wasn't too sure at the beginning obviously coming from the National League you always have that thing in the back of your mind but as the season went on and as time went on um all the doubts in the forefront of my mind just went to the back of it. And I think at the end of the season, um, he was signing of the season. And for me personally, if it wasn't for Luke Molyneux, he probably would have been my sign uh, player of the year as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, got to lose Burner. Um, but I've said to you, and I've said to quite a few people off air, I think when I look at all these transactions, all these outgoings, it frustrates me more that we're losing players to fellow League Two clubs. Yeah. Um it is one of those things we you know it's sometimes you're not in a position to pick and choose but it is what it is such as football but like you say we've uh, we've got two new centre backs through the door potentially more to come through obviously we, there's still a hell of a lot of time left in the window let's see what goes on and yeah that's all I'm going to say on that one. Yeah as we as we say wish him well and um I think as you've touched on there and you know, I think sometimes it's best to leave those conversations, but 
it is worrying when we're losing players and, you know, you don't fully know the reasonings behind. Anything can come out in the media. Um, anything can be released um, by a club or whatever. And, you know, we, we're not in a position to say what's right and what's wrong and what's going on exactly at the club because we do not know. Um, but one thing that I'm very, very certain on and, and fully um, behind is the fact that we're getting money in. Apparently, we've got this improved playing budget um, to spend on players. We've got even more money now from uh, selling Burner and, and Omar. So that really needs to be invested. And we really need to see um, an investment up top, um, which we are going to touch on um, a little bit later on. But first of all, we'll just um, discuss the new signings that have come in um, through the door recently. So first up, Pools announced the signing of Brody Patterson. Um, the wing-back joined Pools on a two-year deal. And Hartley's said that he's delighted to bring Brody to Hartlepool. He's someone I saw a lot of uh, during his time with, uh, well, I'm going to struggle with this, Adrianians, I think it is. Um, last season, he's a good young player who can give us a few options in terms of positions, gained some great experience, and we're really looking forward to working with him over the course of the season. And Brody added, as soon as I heard about the opportunity, it was a no-brainer. I'm excited to work with the gaffer and play in front of these incredible fans. I've been in the training and all the lads are great. You can tell everyone's excited for the new season ahead. Um, Patterson will wear the number 14 shirt and his move will be subject to international clearance. And we also brought in a signing that I'm excited about. I really am. Um, Callum Cook joining um, on a two-year deal again after recently leaving Bradford City. This one's been circulating for a while. Um, obviously born in Hartlepool, Cook started his career in Middlesbrough's academy after appearing in Borough's under-23 side. Loan spells at Crew Alexander and Blackpool followed before joining Peterborough in 2018. Cook joined Bradford in 2020 following a loan spell with the Bantams and left after his contract expired last month. He appeared against Pools in March 22, claiming both assists as they won 2 at the Suit Direct Stadium. Cook, he added... Um, delighted to get this deal done. Spoke to the manager a few weeks ago and he told me that he wanted winners. I'd like to think I'm one of them. I can see this is an ambitious club and I can't wait to get start, started. Hartley added, delighted to get Callum through the door. Someone who's still young but with a lot of experience and games under his belt. He offers great options in midfield and can play numerous different roles. We're looking forward to working with him as we build towards the new season. Cook will wear the number 10 shirt, obviously replacing Luke Molyneux. And his deal will be subject to EFL and FA clearance. So for me, you know, a player that I'm excited to see in the blue and white, someone who knows what the club's about, someone who um, has been rumoured to be linked with us for quite a while now, I think, um, if that's correct. But, you know, hopefully, and this is what I said when he signed, hopefully he can kind of bring to the team what I personally believe, and I'm sure some fans believe, that... Gav Houlihan brought when he was getting game time. You know, those goals assist the creativity. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I haven't seen loads of the lad, so I'm not going to comment um, much more. Davo, are you excited about this signing? Callum Cook is obviously someone who we've heard, well, we've heard his name branded around on social media, I think. I mean, I've, I've certainly heard it in the last year about signing them and stuff but um yeah someone who obviously comes with a lot of um a lot of talent a lot of excitement a lot of people have obviously got on twitter and stuff tweeting about it so 
the fact that there's been so much interaction in this sign, I think, tells you a lot about him as a player. Obviously, I'm in the same position as you. I don't know much about the lad um, other than his time at Bradford. So I can't say too much other than I am excited to see him in the blue and white. And that also goes for young Brody as well. Again, I don't know much about, but anyone who wants to come and sign for HUFC and wear the blue and white shirt, I'm more than happy to get behind. 110%. That leads on very nicely to our next point, which is, of course, an exciting part of the season. Stephen Obin. Um, was telling us all about the kits. Um, obviously, not exactly what the kits were, but that has, I think, been leaked uh, on Twitter um, prior to the launch. However, that never takes away from the excitement. Um, Pools obviously released that video last week, and I tell you, that's one of the best kit releases I have ever seen. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. I thought the thinking behind it, thinking outside the box, the creativity, just everything really. Um, and then to release that shirt at the end of it, it just looks absolutely fantastic. Um, so obviously I'm talking about the new, the first of the three new kits for the 22-23 season. Um, it's got a bespoke design, unique only to Hartlepool United. It's brought to you in partnership with Italian sportswear giants Aria and club partners Suit Direct on the front of the shirt, Evolution Risk Management on the back of the shirt and Cornerstone on the back of the shorts. I'll just read you what Hoban had to say about it. We're delighted to unveil officially the new 22-23 home jersey, obviously alluding to what I've just said there. A lot of hard work has gone in by my team and our partners at Aria, together with club partners, Suit Direct and Evolution Risk Management, to collaborate on a kit that we believe will be one of the most striking in the football league. We hope that fans can enjoy the quality and design, and we're excited to roll out the whole range over the coming weeks to ensure our supporters have the choice of shirts, training wear and accessories ahead of the new season. I'd like to thank club partners Suit Direct and Evolution who adorn the front and back of the home shirt and Cornerstone who continue on the back of the short. Want to produce a range that gives us identity and I firmly believe we've done this with Aria. Now, Devo, I've already said it. That's probably one of my favourite pool shirts that I've ever seen. Um, I love how the stag's included on the blue stripes as well. I just think it's such a classy design. Um, I mean... I'm sure you're going to be purchasing it. I can't see you're not. Oh, definitely. Absolutely unbelievable. Like you've said, like every little detail just seems to fit perfectly. Like you say, the stags that have been faded into the chest, the, the incorporation of the red trims. I think everything, even like the, the sponsorship in the centre of the shirt, everything works perfectly. And the video, I mean, I, I forgot how many times I've actually watched it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable, just as good as the kit, and yeah, top notch uh, work that's been done by Stephen and everyone else behind the scenes is at HUFC and at Aria. It's uh, despite the leaks, like you've said, some absolute melon, but <laughs> yeah, de definitely does it worth the wait. Oh, 100%. I even like the colour as well. I think the colour just adds it. It's a quite a retro um, feel to the shirt as well, and you know, I love a good retro shirt, so that was exciting to see that. Obviously, it got it first run out um, at Billingham um, this last Saturday, which we will come on to. But first of all, a very, very pressing um, conversation. I guess one that's going to go on for quite some time now um, is the lack of a striker at Pulse. We've obviously got, at the minute, Crofts and Carver up front, um, which resulted in three goals at the weekend between the two of them. But 
we all know that we need a recognised, experienced striker. Darren, I'm just going to put this to you. We've obviously seen rumours about Oli Shaw um, and the potential for him to come to the club, which were quite firmly, I must say, shut down by um, Paul Hartley earlier on in the week when asked by, I think it was Rob Law. Um, you know, Oli got 14 in 29, I believe, um, for Kilmarnock again um, in the championship, Scottish Championship last season, um, looking to get back um, as they did promoted um, from that league. And it's someone that I would 110% have a punt on and someone that we've got money from players, so why not um, invest it? And, and perhaps if Hartley knows the guy and and he's hungry to play for Pulls, I know I'd seen a lot of things about a deal being agreed and stuff. Obviously, rumours always circulate and it's difficult to verify whether that's an agent trying to cause a bit of interest and, and attract some more money or whether there is a little bit in it, who knows, but it's someone that I'd like to uh, potentially see at the club. I don't know about you. 100%. Um, I mean, when you need a striker, I mean, why be pick? We can't be picky at the end of the day. Anyone you sign or try to bring in at the football club is a risk. Obviously, it was a little bit kind of, it was a bit gutter, guttering to see Obviously, these talks just closed down immediately by Hartley. Like you've said, there was a lot of chatter on Twitter saying that the club were ready to break the transfer record um, to bring him in, which is, I mean, it's unbelievable ambition from the football club. It matches what they've been saying for the last couple of months about this club being financially ready now to be able to challenge for the playoffs. So, 100%. I don't know much about the guy, but I would definitely take the risk on him. Um, like I say, anyone you bring in is a risk, so why not? Yeah, I think it's one of them that he's got a he's got a goal scoring record, a clear goal scoring record. So, you know, just because he's been playing in Scotland, what does that mean? Um, I think this is something that we need to shake off. This whole chat about oh well, he's he's going to assemble the Scottish national team, or he's going to. Um, well, obviously not the Scottish national team, but practically half of Scotland moving to Hartlepool is my point and people go on about it and stuff. I'm like, well, if Hartley knows, you know, what he wants and, and those players fit into his system, why not give them a go? Why would we think that we're above that just because they play in Scotland? They could more than, they're more than capable of tearing up, um, you know, League Two and even more just if, with a bit of belief and the right support and the right system, any player can... Um, develop it and move on from there. What bugs me that if these players like Ollie Shaw in question played in England in League One, League Two with the same record of goal, goal scored, no one would actually question it. Mm. But because he's playing in Scotland, in a granted, there is very little competition at times, but it's still not the point. I no, mean, the Scottish Championship is probably the equivalent of our League Two, bottom League One, perhaps even League One. I mean, there's there's no definite comparison between the two either. You can't categorically say, oh, well, Scottish Championship is the equivalent of so-and-so in England because you haven't seen enough of that in a competitive environment. If they perhaps had the facilities and the money, um, these some of these clubs... I mean, look at Kilmarnock. They're not a tiny club. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, so... Yeah, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there, and it's something that probably does um, wind me up quite a bit about how you know there's this whole attitude. Not saying everyone involved in polls 
has got this attitude, but the, the minority that do, just because a player's from Scotland, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I don't know whether they're going to be good enough. How about they want to come to our club, they're going to be pulling on our shirt, we get behind them 110%, we trust Paul Hartley, and then you make a comment when you've seen how, you know, that they've performed throughout the season. I think that's the only way that we should go about it, really. Oh, 110%. You look at players we've had in the past, I mean, I'm not being awful, I didn't know Gavin Houlihan when he signed for Pools. Mm-hmm. When he left, absolutely well-respected player. Mm-hmm. Got a huge fan, uh, fans chant and helped, helped us got, uh, get promotion back to the Football League. So, yeah, like I say, it's just, I get what people are saying, but it's just, at the end of the day, you've just got to put your faith in what the manager's doing mm-hmm. and just have a little bit of trust in, in the guy. I mean, we haven't even kicked a ball yet in the Football League <laughs> and we're already making judgments. Oh, 100%. I think, you know, we've got to give them time, as you say, and uh, there's not really much more that you can that you can develop from that whole point and that conversation that we've just said. We've just got to back Paul Hartley, back the players that are pulling on the blue and white, and, you know, then we can make a decision once we've, once we've actually seen them in competitive action. Well, we are going to tie up the episode very shortly, but we'll just go with some club news. Um, a reminder that the away kit comes out on the 21st of July, the third kit comes out on the 25th of July, which is going to be worn in our final preseason game leading up to Walsall against Sunderland. Um, you can get 10% off anything in the club shop um, if you get a membership this season. That's including the new kit. So, you know, it's really important that it's affordable. I think £43, even if you haven't got a membership for, for an adult shirt of that quality um, and, you know, the design and everything, I think it's you know, good value for money. Um, it's easy to outprice supporters nowadays, but credit HFC that, you know, I think that's a, a pretty reasonable price. And if you do get your membership, it's a great way to get money behind the club. If you're not able to afford a season ticket, for example, or you know that you can't commit to a certain amount of games, I think a membership is a fantastic idea as we've touched on in previous episodes. And also you get your 10% discount. So what's not to like? Um, but yeah, we'll just have a quick look at the kickoff um, time changes that have also been announced the 20th of August we're at home to Bradford City that is now a 1pm kickoff and also the 15th of October um, away at Harrogate Town like last year will be a 12.30pm kickoff now we will go on to a review to tie up the episode of Billingham we didn't personally go we watched the highlights we know people that went they said it was a professional control performance obviously 6-0 Take it with a pinch of salt. Um, great to see people getting in amongst the goals, especially Marcus Carver. Hopefully that brings him some confidence. Um, Tom Crawford obviously bags a goal as well. Um, you've got Alex Lacey getting his first for the club. You've got Joe Gray and, of course, that brilliant strike from Hasty. So, yeah, a really confident professional performance. Played some good football. Um, watching the highlights look like we uh, controlled play and dictated that, which you would expect us to, of course, and that's no disrespect to Billingham Synthonia. They're a club that are obviously at step six and you'd expect us to be putting goals past them. Um, but one thing I will um, just, you know, put out there is there's been a couple of um, statements that Billingham have put out. First of all, we're immensely appreciative of 
Stephen Hoban, Paul Hartley, the HUFC players and staff are coming down as Stokely are players in a pre-season friendly. It's great to see a professional outfit care about the non-league scene within the area. It's minutes in the legs for HUFC and to sinners it will live long in the memory of the players, management and committee. So that was the first statement that they um, brought out. And then they put another one out as well. Um, over a thousand of you turned up to yesterday's game against Hartlepool United at Stokesy Sports Club. For a Step 6 club to have that kind of turnout is truly special. Thank you to Hartlepool United Faithful and all the neutrals that turned up and not only paid their entry fee, but filled in every blind card, bought plenty of raffle tickets and sold out every item in the cafe. We're truly appreciative of every single one of you. Thank you. And we hope you have an amazing season under the new management team. I mean, that's just class. It's what football's all about. Um, you know, Billingham obviously struggling. We've been through that ourselves. Um, probably different, you know, it's different. We were a bit higher up, but it's even it's no different. It's um it's tough if you if your club's in, in that state. And um we really do hope that Billingham managed to, you know, start to build back. And um I'm just glad that um fans would be able to go down and, and that we took, you know, our first team squad and, and played it like it should be. Um, I know that is probably a very cliche statement, but as the lads um, said, well, Cookie, uh, especially in his uh, post-match interview, was talking about how it's important that we, just because they're a step six club, we play our best football, we give it everything, we um, are professional, we, we control the game, we dictate the play, and that's exactly what the lads did. Um, take the result with a pinch of salt. You know, I'm not going to be raving about it and saying, oh, Look, we're going to be absolutely flying now. You know, we'll be uh, cruising League Two after beating Billingham, and that's no disrespect, but we're not. We've just got to, you know, take it as more fitness, goals which will bring confidence, good play which should breed confidence, um, and and some really good stuff. I know that the lads that went that we know said, um, you know, that the exact same that we did. You got to take it with a pinch of salt, but at the end of the day, it's a good result, and we've done what we needed to do. Davo, anything to add on that? In all honesty, um, I'm not going to go on. I think you've summed it up pretty perfectly there. It's just, it's one of those games, you know, you sit back, you probably, you look at the opposition when they first come out, you no disrespect. I think everyone thought, yeah, it's a chance here to see Pearl's probably bag six, seven, eight plus goals. Um, it's more about fitness, that side of things. But, you know, that Callum Cook comment, I think is classy. Um, you, you know, you don't disrespect your opponent, it doesn't matter where they're from, what league they're in, you know you play your best stuff and you play to win and that kind of thing. But no, we move on now and it's going to be good to see us play some football league teams in the next couple of weekends. That's well, for sure. 100%. Yeah, that's um, very well put, I must say. Um, so yeah, wraps up another episode of HUFC Chat. Obviously, pre-season's gaining momentum. We need a new striker in. That's pretty obvious to everyone. We probably need a few new strikers in, but, um, you know, the excitement's building. I've got me... Uh, transport sorted for Walsall. Um, I know you will have that sorted very soon and hopefully there's a good number that um, head down there at the first game of the season. But obviously there's some pre-season stuff to be played. Um, there's a few new signings hopefully and um, the new kids to look forward to. So plenty to get excited about. We hope that you've, and as ever, keep the faith, back the boys and of course, never say die.